Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The NFL regular season is right around the corner and the college football season has kicked off. If you want to place a bet on any of the football action, BetOnline.ag is the place to do it. Use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. You can see that on your screen right now to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Now to our conversation with Ian Eagle. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers show. I'm Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and Pittsburgh Steelers scout, Ike Taylor, IT. Today's guest is one of my favorites that we have on every year. He is a broadcasting legend. Yeah, uh, Ion Eagle, man, he uh, one of a kind, uh, just moving up in the world. We just got off, well, just got on with him. And at the same time, I was telling I was telling him, man, this is, he's taking off exactly what his last name is, just showing like an eagle. So <laughs> I uh, appreciate you for being on the show, bro. Yeah, uh, great to be with you guys. Last year, I joined you right around the same time. And let me say this about last year's appearance. I think it might have been the only podcast appearance I've ever made with a hat on last year. So, Ike, I know you go variety of hats. You mix it up, but you make it look good. Like, me and a hat seems out of place. It feels like, you know, seeing your teacher at Target. It doesn't feel right. So, I went back to the traditional look. I bathed. I used hair product, very expensive European hair product. And now we're good to go. Now I'm I'm, I'm in the mix. I, uh, you got that nice little, you got that nice little comb over, bro. You got that good hair going. Well, uh, I came out of the womb like this. I had broadcast hair right out of the womb. I have photos. We don't need to get into that, but yeah, this this is all natural, other than the the formula that I used to make it sit like this. See, God already knew what you was gonna be. He said you're gonna be on radio and TV <laughs> and See, Ike, this is where I step in and I say both of you clearly have good genes. And here's what I mean by this. Ike, I see what you're doing with your son, Ivan. He's working really hard. He's got scholarships all over the country to play football and to create his own path. And I and I see what your son has done, too, as a broadcaster in, in his own right and forging his own trail. Uh, this last Saturday, the Notre Dame football game in Dublin, I thought he did a tremendous job. So from afar... I can see both of you, what you've done in your respective careers, but also what you've done as parents in your kids blazing their own trails. It's something that is very, very inspiring for me and a lot of people out there. Hey, I appreciate yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. I think I would probably share my, my philosophy with this. It's the biggest compliment if your child is interested in what you do. Forget about if they pursue it. If they're just interested if they ask questions, if they're curious. And then that that next step is when they actually want to try and do it on their own. And the insight that I can bring from a football standpoint, that I can bring from a broadcast standpoint, of course, it, it gives your, your offspring a, a bit of an edge because they've seen it. They've lived it. it it's a day-to-day part of their existence. And for my son... Uh, he he saw years and years of my preparation and uh, what it takes to to really commit yourself to this. And I think that's the the biggest key that um, 
this is not a snap your fingers and it happens kind of situation. It, it requires all the work that it requires for anybody else, but then it may require a little bit extra because people have a microscope on you and you're going to have to prove them wrong in a way because the initial perception is, oh, yeah, well, that's Ike Taylor's son. Of course he's supposed to be good. No, no, that's not that's not how it works in life. No, no, I, I totally agree. And Mark, hopefully you working on yours, Mark, coming soon, coming to coming to a theater <laughs> near you. Uh, you're working on your first kid, hopefully. But at the same time, Ayanna, I agree with you 100%. Um, I was talking to one of my homegirls, and she was like, you know, I can pretty much do everything at work. And I said, that's the problem. Uh, you got to master one thing. And once you yeah. master one thing, then all the doors and the avenues open up for you. But I said, man, it's a lonely road. I said, man, you can only drive one car. And driving that one car and not having enough money to get other cars, man, that car gonna go through something. You gonna have to change tires. You might gotta change the oil. Like this is just life in general. So, and when our sons get to see the process, yep. you know, the good times, the bad times, the putting in work, uh, the getting up early, the staying out late. So I agree with you. It's just an yep. honor um, for me and my son to be playing. My son has given me an experience I've never had. Like I've never been to Power Five schools, had visits. I was a walk on. So. For us to damn near go through 15, 17 different schools and he's just a mm. junior, you know, I'm more excited than him, you know? So, and for your son to be broadcasting, which is one of the schools, my son, top five schools, my son really likes, and that's Notre Dame. So for him to be up there in Ireland, um, broadcasting, getting time on his own to travel, becoming his own self, says a lot about you, Ayan. So. You know, he watched your preparation. He watched what you had to go through. And this is over years. This is this is years. Where you're at right now is not an overnight deal. Um, where I'm at right now is not an overnight deal. And the first time I got on with, with Mark, I told Mark, I said, Mark, Rome wasn't building today, bro. I said, it's gonna take, it's gonna, it's gonna take a while. And it's it's gonna be frustrating. We're gonna see other people, but I'm telling you, if we just keep doing what we're doing, it's gonna be some bright lights at the end of the tunnel. That's well said. Uh, I, and I, what I wanted to ask too, I could ask you what advice you could give to your son or another broadcaster, but I want to flip the script here. What advice would you tell him to ignore? Well, probably the biggest one is uh, currently in our world that we live in, uh, everybody is very accessible because of social media and if you're broadcasting a game, if you want to look down at your phone during the game, there's going to be a lot of messages to you, positive, negative, some preposterous, some helpful, constructive criticism. You've got to really be smart and prudent in locking in and having total concentration for what it is that you're doing at the time. So if I'm doing an NFL game, I know for three hours – that's the most important thing going on in my life. And there are things happening in your life. And I'm sure I could speak to this during his playing days. You know, just because it's the biggest game of the year doesn't mean that life stops outside of that game. You still have family and friends and ups and downs and trials and tribulations. But for the three hours, you got to be locked in. So probably the the one that that I would uh, pass along to Noah, and we've had discussions about it, is, hey, you you got to block out the noise 
and for the time that you have committed to your partner, to your broadcast team, producer, director, AD, BA, stat person, spotter, camera person, audio person, the whole nine yards, videotape, you're a team. So if you're not at your best, you're letting down your teammates. And that's got to be the mentality, just like it would be if, if you're on a football field and you've got 10 other guys lining up on defense or 11 on offense. Uh, if you're not doing your job well, it's going to affect the guy next to you. Ayan, uh, a, life, a life question towards you. What's your end goal in broadcasting? Where would you want to be? Where do you see yourself being by the end of the day? Um, when you want to hang up your cleats, so say in the broadcasting world, how yeah. do you want to be remembered? You know, like the the numbers keep adding up, which is hard to believe because uh, you start out, you're young, you're eager, you're motivated. It's going to be my 30th year doing Nets games in the NBA. That's hard for me to wrap my brain around. Wow. I went to an event a couple of years ago, uh, NBA draft event, and uh, we were you know, doing some mock broadcasts with fans that would line up. It, it was fun, a lot of fun. And a guy showed up online and extended his hand and said, Ian, I am thrilled to meet you. I've been a huge fan of yours. I've been watching you since I was a little kid. And I'm looking at him going, dude, you're older than me. What, what are we talking about here? Like, you're, you're completely bald. You... Absolutely look like you're a solid five to seven. I don't say this out loud. I just think it. And I nod and, and I smile and I said, thank you so much. But it hits me that I've been around a long time doing this. The numbers are astronomical. So 30 years NBA. This is going to be 27 years doing NFL college basketball has become a big part of, of my broadcast calendar and the fact that that i am working the final four this upcoming year is a big milestone and excited about that i my sense is i'm just going to keep on doing it and when it no longer is as joyful to do it is the day that i'll say okay i'm good I, i'm i'm certainly not the type of broadcaster that thinks, oh man, I'm doing this till I'm 80 and they're going to have to rip me out of that headset. I, I don't view life that way. I, I've, I've come to terms with the fact that I can fill a day without broadcasting and feel fulfilled. I could build a day around picking up my dry cleaning and be okay with it. So when that day comes, it comes, but until then I'll, I'll just keep grinding and chugging along. One of your favorite broadcasters, not that you really look up to, but you don't mind listening to and watching on TV as well. I mean, there are guys that, that do this at such a high level at all the networks, you know, on the NFL side, uh, what Joe Buck has done for all of these years and Jim Nance and now Kevin Burkhart at Fox and guys at my own network who I truly admire with Kevin Harlan and Andrew Catalan and Spiro Didas and all the people that I know put their heart and soul into doing this and 
and doing this with passion and care basketball wise. Uh, you've got Kevin, you've got Mike Breen, uh, you've got Brian Anderson at TNT. Uh, these are all friends too. That's, that's the other part of it. I grew up looking up to Marv Albert, uh, Bob Costas, Al Michaels, Vern Lundquist. Those were, were the names that, that I viewed as the upper echelon of, of our business. And to say now with all these years that have passed that I consider them colleagues and peers and friends, uh, that's, that's the part that, that really hits you that, uh, a, you've compiled a lot of years and B you've accumulated and you continue to build relationships. That's, such a big part of this business, yeah, it truly. Is. It is. I've never been, um, but I'm sure you've experienced all this. What's that March Madness atmosphere? <laughs> like? I mean, there's two two parts to it. One, the broadcast part, which is by far the biggest challenge that, that a broadcaster will face all year. And just to give you a little background on it, you find out Sunday night where you're going for the first week of the tournament. And if you have a Thursday, Saturday site, which I've often had, that means you're on a plane Wednesday or take that back Tuesday for Wednesday practices, eight of them, potentially eight teams you've never seen in your life. And you got to learn it and you parachute in as if you're an expert. And now you've got to commit it to memory, identification, background, storylines, narratives, and you can't be tentative. You can't guess. You can't speculate. It's a lot of information, an avalanche of information. So from a broadcast standpoint, you're just trying to be organized, compartmentalize, and then do right by the event that you're calling. This means so much to the individuals involved. This means the world to them. For the majority of them, they'll never play in the NBA. Right, right. Most of them will never play professionally at all. So when they go back and watch the replay of this game, when they're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, kids, grandkids, you, at least for me, feel the responsibility to do right by them and tell their story and tell it well. So that's from a broadcast standpoint. From a fan standpoint, it's really interesting. I don't think there's any event like it because the fans that show up for most of these events, you'll have your diehard fans of a particular school, but you have a lot of swing votes, fans that show up just to go to the event and they're making their decision in real time who they want to root for, an underdog that they didn't know anyone on the roster when they showed up that day to the arena and now they're committing all their energy into rooting for this team because it's a great story or they want to see history. And that's the common theme that, that I find in, in the NCAA tournament. You turn around just to take in the ambiance and it's not your normal sporting event. You go to a Steeler game, odds are it's 95% Steeler fans. Well, these are not home games. These are neutral site games. Yeah, sometimes a team like Kentucky travels really well. A team like Kansas, on and on. You've got a bunch of teams. But for the most part, you've got fans just showing up at the arena or the stadium that night, and they're going to 
figure out who they want to root for in the moment. And that's unlike any other sporting event that I can even begin to think of. The new voice for the final four, um, who we're talking to, who our guest on the Believe in Podcast, still a podcast show right now, is the legendary right now, Iron Eagle. Um, Ion, uh, I've been watching basketball. When I do watch basketball, it's mainly March Madness, but I think the whole world likes to watch basketball, especially around the final four, because yep. it's, it's on a, it's on a massive stage. Uh, when you got that call to be the voice now for the final four, how did you feel? You know, it's interesting, guys. It, it wasn't the specific moment that you would visualize it to be because it had been talked about for a few years prior. So I was aware that there was a succession plan in place. Jim Nance has done it for 30 plus years. No one will ever match what he accomplished in being the voice of this event. It, it is unparalleled. He was synonymous with March Madness and with the Final Four because he did it for so long and he was on the mic for so many memorable moments. But it wasn't just out of left field that, hey, by the way, this is what we're doing. Congratulations. It had been discussed for a few years leading up to it. I had an idea of what the general plan was going to be. Uh, I think they included Jim in it, which was very helpful because then there's no ill feelings. It's an understanding from all parties involved. And I thought that was really important, by the way, that Jim did it on his terms and went out on his terms, calling the Final Four in Houston, his adopted hometown, because he went to college there. That meant a lot to him. There was a, a very emotional tie-in for him. So on a personal level, I was thrilled to see how it all transpired. I think Jim would have loved for the University of Houston to be in the Final Four, just to have that that special storybook ending. They didn't quite get there, but it still was was quite memorable. And UConn had just an incredible run to win the championship. For me, uh, it was more uh, recognizing that uh, this was going to be something new in my calendar and new in, in terms of my experiences. But the crazy part, guys, not a lot changes in my life. I've called the tournament for 26 years. So I know the event. It's not like I'm coming from some other event and now I've got to get my equilibrium and my footing. In terms of days, I'm adding two more days to my broadcast calendar. The final four, meaning the four teams, and then the national championship game. That's it. And then it's basketball which I've done literally thousands of games. So it's not like I'm parachuting in on a new sport and I've got to get a, a feel and a vibe. I think the part that obviously you have to be aware of and cognizant of is it's a big stage and there are parts to it that you can only experience through doing it. You can visualize it, you can simulate it, but, but even as simple as this, most of the games that I do are arena-based. This is a stadium-based event. So just sitting where you sit, and this might sound silly to some, but it's the reality. They create a stage for the court in a stadium. 
and the broadcast location is lower. So the few times that I've done stadium broadcasting, which I've done for radio and world feeds, you're looking up at the action and things that are second nature to you based on calling so many games, where you look, what you look for. All of a sudden now you're, you're almost second guessing yourself of, wait a second, that's where I normally would look. That's what I would normally pick up in that moment. And now you've got to make an adjustment. So what they've done, they put you in higher chairs and elevate your table. So just that, just the, the, the sheer mechanics of that will be an adjustment that I'll get used to, but it, it is a little different in how you normally approach a broadcast. Congratulations um, for being a new Thank voice you. for the fi Final Four. Appreciate Ayan, um, I know you're being humble while you're saying this, but just knowing the process of that, I know they was looking for a successful successor um, the past couple of years, but they had a lot of options. And for them <laughs> to all come to some sort of agreement and be like, you know what? We ain't got to go nowhere. We got one homegrown and we're going to stay where <laughs> I am. There's a lot about you. So I just want to tell you. Thank you. Congratulations. Yeah, it means a lot. Thank you, guys. Truly. Yeah, I would echo that because the last time we talked, uh, just getting that opportunity, Ian, I, I know the last time we talked around this time last year, you were going to do the world feed for the Super Bowl. That's and right. then uh, you mentioned where it's like, you know, have you had that opportunity on not just a national stage, but a championship level stage. So certainly excited to hear your voice for that. And I, I know you're ready for it. Um, we do got to talk some Steelers football, though, this being the Believe in Steelers show. Uh, Steelers start out 3-0 in the preseason. Kenny Pickett scoring five touchdowns on the five drives he was out there. I don't know. Am, am I drinking the Kenny Pickett Kool-Aid and the Steelers Kool-Aid too heavily before the start of the 2023 season? I, re I realize it's preseason, but just kind of what's your sentiment from afar yeah. having broadcast Steelers football games for so many years? Yeah, you guys live it day to day, um, on the outside looking in, but what strikes me about the Steelers when the preseason began, I, I thought the Steelers were under the radar a bit. I, I didn't think they were getting the kind of buzz that they probably deserved. And it's based on results of last year and a second year QB and, uh, not necessarily huge free agent signings. It wasn't as if uh, they they became the topic of conversation around the NFL. But what I've noticed, and I think you guys probably have as well, people are jumping on the bandwagon. People are now working their way to the front of the bus and screaming very loud, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kenny Pickett's the real deal. Kenny Pickett is going to take a big leap year one to year two, his command, his maturity. These are the things that I'm now hearing. And for a lot of Steeler fans, it was something that they were feeling and they were trying to negotiate whether or not it was fair to feel that way. And now there seems to be some validation out there. And how do you get there? Well, based on tape, when you watch preseason and Mike Tomlin has made it pretty clear, he played his guys for a reason. And I happen to agree with them. Now you want to get out of there with no injuries. You don't want to have something catastrophic happen in the preseason that changes the course of your regular season. But boy, 
I think people are bullish on this Steeler team now because of some of those off-season feelings, the draft, the young players developing, and then the proof. They saw it. They saw Pickett to Pickens. They saw it. Pickens, who has a reputation for being emotional and willing to mix it up with anybody, even his teammates, as we saw in training camp. But if used correctly, that could mean that he takes a leap as well. If Pickett takes a leap and Pickens takes a leap, whoo, I think defensively they, they can still compete with anyone. If T.J. Watt can be healthy, and I think last year was an outlier. I don't believe T.J. Watt is injury prone. I just think it was one of those years. I think it could be scary. The division is stacked. There's no doubt about it. But one thing we've learned about the Steelers, they will compete week in and week out. When you think it might unravel like last year, it doesn't because Mike Tomlin will not allow it to unravel. They will fight you tooth and nail. And I just like their talent. I, I like their mix. Dare I say, I I think they're they, sneaky, sneaky good they, this year. Sneaky say, good. Say it, say it with your chest. Go out on talk, talk to me. <laughs> say it. You, you didn't got me fired up, so say it. Um, I agree with you 100%, um, Ion. Uh, I was there now that I'm in the scouting department. Uh, you just look at these guys, these young men like uh, – from a growth and development standpoint, not only on the field, but off the field. Yeah. You know? So everybody you bring in towards this still organization, you all want to see them succeed, but it won't be like that for the most part. By the end of the day, it's still a business, you know? So um, I was just, and Mark and I was just interested on your outtake on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mark, we got to, we got to start off. When we put this on social media, we got to start off with Ion and what he just said. I love it. I love it. I promised Ian we would get him out at yeah, 1030. Yeah. And Ian, thank you for your time this morning. I'll leave you with this. I hope the burner Twitter account is still going strong after all of these years. <laughs> hey, man, I pay attention. I know what's going on. I don't pretend like it's not out there. I just choose not to participate to maintain my sanity. But uh, I'm... I'm there. I'm I'm aware of of my surroundings at all times. Grew up in New York, man. You got to be got to be street smart. Got to yeah, know gotta what's keep happening. Your head on the slow. I understand that. Always. 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 I was allowed to take the subway at a very young age, about nine years old. I could go into the city. Grew up in Forest Hills, Queens. Different time. We're talking about the 1970s, and it absolutely prepared me for life in many ways and that you could talk to anybody you could find commonality with people uh, that was that was a huge huge teaching moment in my life of hey man it's you out there so figure out how to navigate it and uh survive in advance hey, i want to thank you for coming on the show Ayan, we pleasure business to take care always a pleasure having you on Again, thank you, man. Um, congratulations as well. Hopefully, thank we'll you, after this guys. Thank you. Season. Really appreciate it, and we'll book it for next August. I'm in. Thank this you. is going to be 
our yearly chat every late August, we're in. And I, you'll, you'll have new production elements next year. I mean, I like what you're doing now, but uh, I, I presume there's going to be something even new production-wise for the podcast in 2024. Hey, manifest it for us. I appreciate you. <laughs> I'm putting it out there. For Ian Eagle and Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for watching the Believe in Steelers show. We'll see you next time. Take care. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.